Hello and welcome to the Heat Unmissables podcast. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm the host of what can only be described as a weekly look at the cultural highlights that are out there right now, from television to other television and sometimes a film, maybe even a piece of music like an album or maybe a book, but generally lots of television. I'm joined by two extraordinarily talented and clever colleagues, Steph Seelan and Kay Ribeiro. Stop. Just stop. It's too no, much. Carry on. It? It's oh, true. I'm happy with it. If you want to see what we look like um, in the new issue of Heat magazine, there's a little, there's a, like an ad for the Unmissables um, at the beginning of the section. It's a section called the Unmissables, which is what it all was tied up with. And you can see all of us uh, together, and you can see well, what people would need to people have the right to see what we look like. Explain it quickly. Okay. In, in what right. nutshell? There is a photo that appears in the current issue of Heat magazine, which is a horrendous photo where Kay looks like she's got no eyes and I look like <laughs> I've got a beak. And we just had to have another photo taken because we obviously didn't want you to think that I had a beak and Kay had no eyes. So I don't know why, but we just had to have it taken again. Yeah, fair enough. So there'll be another photo next week, next week's issue, which will be even better. We will look even more astonishingly attractive. <laughs> I've um, got one eye. Yeah. This week, we're going to be looking at, among other things, well, these are the main things, Friends from College, which is the new comedy on the Netflix, The Beguiled, which is the very exciting remake of the Clint Eastwood film, this time from director Sofia Coppola. Coppola? Coppola? Coppola. 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 Thank you. With Nicole Kidman and others. Nadia's British Food Adventure, which is Nadia out of The Great British Bake Off, her new series. Mm-hmm. And... Most controversially of all, the film L, which is just out yesterday on DVD and Blu-ray and digital download and all that, if you're very modern. And we decided to talk about that because I think it's one of the most controversial films of recent years and I thought it would be interesting for us to have a deep dive into it. Kay looks so scared. She looks very scared. I don't know why. Scared, traumatised. Yeah. So L starring Isabelle Luper. Isabelle Luper. She was nominated for an Oscar. Mm. Um, Didn't win. So fluent. Robbed, some would say, me. We'll get to that later, though. That's not... Yeah, no? Spoiler alert? No, I, I robbed, yeah. but yeah. Um, before we go on to the uh, the main issues at hand of what's happening in the world of pop culture, mainly television, <laughs> with some films, is uh, we sh- I should say that please do give us your feedback. Yes, let us know on Twitter, at Boyd Hilton, that's me, at Steph Seelan, at Carabaro. Put the hashtag POGS, people on the ground. That's you what that people. stands for, which we consider to be people who have stuff to say but but are normal people yeah. people on the ground the best people the best people and yeah if you have any questions queries comments observations and also please rate and review us on the itunes but without any more messing around it's the opening what have we been watching this week section i'm going to turn to steph Seelan, who clearly has something on her mind <laughs> i do have something on my mind now did you both watch the final episode of Broken. No. no. Can I just say <laughs> that you both need to watch it because this might sound like a bold claim, but it is one of the most perfect final episodes of a drama I've ever seen. It had Blimey. tears, it had joy, it was so beautiful. So it did it wonderful. have joy? Because every week you're telling us like it's depressing, right. it's making you cry. Yeah, and this is the thing that I was worried about because because it was so hyper-realistic in terms of the stuff that it was covering with, you know, a small, a depressing town where people are very poor. Um, I thought, how are they going to finish this? Because Scene Bean was going through some real trauma as a priest. They couldn't 
all of a sudden make it super, super happy. So it's always going to be very, very difficult to keep the tone, but they managed it and it is perfect. He is going to get a BAFTA for this. To be fair to you, I've seen a lot of people saying that's this kind of thing oh, on the social really? media, on the Twitter, on the social- on Everyone's the talking about it, yeah. yeah in real life, IRL, people oh, have said oh, to me. Wow. The people on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to watch it, yeah. I will, it's, I will watch it's it. It's really, really I'm pleased because I'm a huge fan of Jimmy McGovern, the writer, who wrote, like, Hillsborough and I mean, amazing. Uh, yeah, and Scene Bean, of course, yeah. Thrilled. Yeah. No, I'm going to check it out. In my mum's words, she was like, that Jimmy McGovern has done a really good job there. <laughs> Endorsed by Miss Sealand. Yeah. Slightly damning with faint praise, but yeah. No, he's done yeah. a really good job. He's done good. a really good job. Very good. Kay, what has um what has excited, delighted, thrilled you this week? Two things. Well, I watched all of Riviera now, I've done with it. Have oh. you watched it? I watched it. Okay. I watched it because I heard you sort of talking about it and I was like, I better watch this quick. Yeah. So I watched the first two and then I then I I didn't give up, but then I stopped, paused. Yeah, carry on. Okay, so it basically it, <laughs> I wanted to see how it ended. That's why I watched, mm. obviously, till the end. And um, I have to say, it's not great. Oh I would say it's, it's not great. It's like, I think, a waste of a good cast. Particularly, I'm speaking about the guy from Game of Thrones whose name I can't say. Ewan Rugu. Ewan Rion. Yep. Who has got a country's country music albums out. What? Yes. Hold, yes. hold, hold on a minute. I'm so, Shut the front we door. We might have to start this podcast again. Uh, well, I just, do you know what? The only reason I know this, I didn't know that he was a, a, a musician and he was had an album deal. I think I'm, I did it as a news story in Heat about a year ago. And so our lovely colleague Sophie, mm. Sophie Bland, alerted me to the fact. She literally just kind of said, Boyd, and she said, do you know what I'm listening to at the moment? Ewan Rion's country album. She's what? obsessed with him. She is obsessed with him. And it exists. It's out now. Right, maybe, we'll review it next well, week. Well, it's been on. It's been out for ages. But doesn't matter. No, it let's doesn't do matter. It. Maybe let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's, so. It doesn't matter. That, I know. I can't yeah, believe it's, it's a country album. album. Yeah. So anyway, carry on. Ewan Rion is in Riviera. Yeah, right? and I felt like he was wasted. And I, I don't know if you agree, Steph. I know you like Julie Styles. Don't you feel she's really wooden in this? Oh, and like. When we first watched it, and I'd watched a, f- a couple, and I said, I did actually, apologies to you, because I disagreed with you. I was like, no, I think she's really good. My God, she grated on me for the, the rest, the duration of the rest of it. I was like, oh no, she's, she is not good. And I felt like the last scene's just so far fetched, not in keeping yeah. with her character, which, I mean, like, she's an art dealer, but turned yeah. 007 type character as well, which is. Investigating like, the death of her, her. Yeah, investigating husband. the death of a billionaire husband. Yeah. Um, it was just. It's interesting you say that because um, I alerted you as well to the existence. There's an article in the Guardian um, last week about how the creative, the people who created this show, like Nick, the director Neil Jordan, legendary director of The Crying Game and other stuff, and John Banville, who's a brilliant novelist, they created it together from an idea by Paul McGuinness, who's U2's manager. Right, what? weirdly, yeah. All, it's like an today? Irish, Mind Irish cultural him. mafia. That's they're all. They're, that's the thing where they're going <laughs> oh, common. Well, in, the, in the best possible way, um, and they created it, and then they've disowned it. So um, Neil Jordan and John Bravo have disowned. It. I think McGuinness is still involved, um, but they, it just didn't go. They kind of the creativity, the creative power was taken away from them. I can totally get it. And so lots of other writers have come in. Um, and taken over. It's interesting. So I'm, you know, that doesn't necessarily how mean it's going to be. How much have you got to hate it to disown it? Like publicly I know. Well, disown I it. His ex- work, he is saying, had been yeah. really written. No, right. that's what and I like, mean. That's what I mean. It's like, I God, think... you must feel like that is so far from what you, from any idea that you had in your head. Yeah, you just, oh, yeah. God. I think. Well, I also, I think it's just you know they wanted complete creative control. This is you know, and they just didn't get it. So that from that point on, they're like, right, we're out. I feel like the way it ended as well wasn't neatly wrapped up. So as if as imagining a second series. I'm sure it's, it's done really well on Sky Atlantic though. But which is also, same. the way it ended, I just didn't care because I thought mm. it was. It got yeah. to that point where it was so wooden. I and totally. Agree. I think yeah. 
I, I hate to say it, but I think Julia Stiles sort of ruined it for me in the end. Oh, my because, God. Because she didn't... I thought she was going to have a bit more flair and it never quite... Yeah. She never quite stirred to the and point of being Quite one-dimensional, yeah. like, Yuan's you character. But also, secondly, I just want to tell you quickly that I um, spoke to Katie Price... Oh yeah, right. So what? I've interviewed. Yeah, I've interviewed Katie. So Price. we reviewed her new show last last week. Katie yeah. Price, My Crazy Life on Quest Red. And what is really good about us reviewing it last week is that when I went to talk to her about it, I was talking to her about her music essentially, mm. and I said, "Oh yeah, I've seen your show." And she's like, "You didn't she- just roll up. You just for the heat interview." Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I want to chat with Katie this week. Yeah, I'm just you, phoned her. Kate, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, tapped her on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was she's in at Heat Radio doing yeah. um, promoting her new single, and I said to her, "Oh yeah, I've seen your show." She has not seen it herself. That's she was she was like, "Are you kidding me? What's it like?" And fortunately, I had my pod notes with me. I was like, "Well, you talk about this." She's like, "Oh my god, do they include that?" She like had no clue because That's she has bizarre, she isn't has it? no control she over the seen edit. She her told own me. show. No, it's it's interesting. That they're clearly withholding it from her. They're not yeah. sending her a copy of it. But she, yeah. yeah, you'd think that she would be saying she no. She's got no. Yeah. She said she's got no edit control over the whole thing. Um, she said she hasn't Amazing. seen it. Um, and so I didn't even get to tell her that I watched episode three, which was dedicated solely to Kieran shooting rats in the garden. <gasps> no. Oh, but three. did she tell you what Quest Red, why it was called Quest Red, the channel that it was on? Because that <laughs> I was forgot imagine, to ask her that. I can't you? imagine she knows no, or cares. Just, I'll just say it again. No one has actually come forward to tell no. us what. Do you know what? There's a channel called Quest. I did more because I wrote my column about this. It was out today. And he, you wrote your column about why not, it was called Quest partly, Red? I've spent the first. <laughs> wow. I've spent the first half of the column talking about Quest Red, the issue. Fair enough. There's a channel called Quest. I found that out, which is, mm. you know, it's all owned by Discovery. And then Quest Red is like their spin-off reality TV, yeah, channel. But still, why Red? Oh my God, to be the spin-off channel of a channel the no one knows about is awful. <laughs> It's the colour of heat. That's why they chose it. It's the colour of heat. There you go. Anyway, you're probably wondering what I am excited about this week. Hold on a minute. Wait there. Hey, Boyd, what are you watching? I just want to say, funnily enough, before we started recording this podcast, me and John Dan, our producer, guru, editor extraordinaire, were talking about how this is an incredible period. Friend above all else. This is an incredible period for cinema. The yeah. mainstream, big mainstream films, it's they're all turning out to be incredibly good. So Spider-Man Homecoming, which we oh, did last week, which we gave five stars to, loved is brilliant. It. Out on Friday was a film called It Comes at Night, which is a horror film. <laughs> that, yeah, oh, you may just, well laugh sorry, sorry, at, at the very title. Scary, yeah, yeah. John nothing to do about. with our sexy special. <laughs> it Comes at Night is the, is the provocatively titled horror film, which is set in a bleak post-apocalyptic future where diseases ruin half the world. I cannot believe you got all right? of those words in. I'm so impressed. I did. And it's fantastically good. It's brilliantly. It's kind of disturbing and scary. The title's a bit misleading because it's not like a traditional horror film. Who's in it? I mean, like Joel Edgerton is in oh, it. Oh, I like yeah. him. And this brilliant young actor called Kevin, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who's the main, this kind of teenage boy who has nightmares about this post-apocalyptic disease situation. And um, it's just incredibly disturbing, uh, but brilliantly done film. So that's out already. Right. And that's a brilliant, huge, big horror film. Then out tomorrow on Wednesday is War for the Planet of the Apes, the third oh. in the trilogy of the Planet of the Apes reboot, following on from Rotpeter and Dotpeter. Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> this is Woftpeter. Woftpeter? Yeah, War for the Planet oh. of the Apes. And it is phenomenally good. Is it? It's so good. It's is like a Western meets The Great Escape meets like a concentration camp film meets... Oh, God. It's, it's disturbing as well in its way and quite dark and beautifully done, but also incredibly emotionally engaging. Thing where the apes are the main characters. I don't like The it. main characters. The main characters are the apes yeah. now. I don't like Honestly, films. you don't like... What? Actually, you know why? Because... you've got a weird reason like going back yeah, to... Have you seen an I ape really like doing stuff you didn't want the apes to I do? Just 
doing? I find he was with really friends with Ricky Whittle. I find yeah. them really scary. And I just, in the first one, it really upset me when he got the language and, start, and then met all the really mean apes. He got the I language. Just, I just, yeah. I don't like yeah. it. got a bad case of the language. Now he's speaking. I do like the Helena Bonham Carter one. Are you are kidding me? Well, I think we've had this discussion before. She, they're friend, the they're shit one directed by Helena Bonham Carter. Mark, please. Mark Wahlberg is absolutely fine in that. That's oh a gentle. They're, they're they're a gentler way to see the apes. I think that that is a terrible film. I'm sorry. That like Helen Bonham oh, Carter is is, is shocking. I think she's a sweet ape. <sighs> okay. Well, there you go. I think um, I'll let others decide <laughs> what to think Look, about your rejection it. of, of. No, I appreciate it. it's, it's the CGI. John is Dan. Fabulous. John Dan said that this apes trilogy may be the best trilogy so far of the 20th century. <gasps> And I think he might be right. Well, I usually claim. agree with everything he says, so, okay. Yeah. Does he even exist? What no one am hears I him, about? I mean. <laughs> anyway, everyone should go and see both those films. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let's get on. Let's crack on with the matters in hand. This week's uh, cultural artefacts. <laughs> Start <laughs> with, yes. Okay. Nice one. them sound like some kind of thing we've dug up. <laughs> um, the first one is yet another brand new thing from Netflix. Ten new episodes are going to drop this Friday, the 14th. It's called Friends from College. It's a half-hour comedy show, effectively. And some would say quite boldly it's got the word friends in the title because it is about six, yes, six people who gather together who are friends, like the original friends. Can you look at me like no, I'm mad? No, I understand. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and they all met each other at college and they all kind of reunite because two of them, a couple that have been away in Chicago for years, now decided to move up to New York. So they're all back reunited in New York. So it's kind of got that friends vibe, but it's like a really, it's like friends with swearing, sex and nudity, isn't it? That's but, my vision of what this is. Yeah, and they obviously know because they linger, and the opening credits, they linger on the word friends. But then I always think about the films Friends with Money and Friends with Kids. Mm. So wait a minute, are we saying that post-Friends, nothing can have friends in the title? I'm um, saying... Them's the rules, Kay. They can have friends <laughs> in the title. The book. Go ahead, have friends in the title, but don't expect us not to talk about the fact. Yeah, that it's going to be bloody well talk it's about gonna it. It's going to be compared um, to Friends, Kay. If you want to be that bold, we're yeah, going to talk about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Just slap the table. We should also say it's created by Nicholas Stoller, who he? He is the guy who directed <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Neighbours, or Bad Neighbours, it's known here, and The Muppets. He's a really good director. The Muppets? The Muppets. Are you on a roll? Yeah. What a funny brilliant. collection of things. No, but he's really good. And he co-wrote it, co-created it with his own wife, Francesca Del Banco. Not somebody else's wife. Yeah, not somebody else's wife, his own actual wife. And it stars Keegan-Michael Key. Do you know who he is? No, I love Keegan. I yes. love Keegan-Michael Key. Who is he? Explain. A man. He's from the Key and Peel. Oh, yeah, I yes, was, was going to say, are you... Oh, God. He's on so, how many coffees no, have you had? He's on such a roll, man. Just go for it. Well, yeah, go. Like, yeah, Keen Peel, man. And he did, um, he's in Fargo, and he did Keanu, that film about the, was it Cats? Keanu Reeves? about the cat. Keanu about the cat. <laughs> it was about the cat. What? I oh, don't know, I was just thinking about that film. It was so funny. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were, <laughs> no. about, not about cat. I thought you were still referring to who he? It's definitely <laughs> about cat. Um, he's in it. Kobe Smulders is in it. Um, Fred Savage is in it from Out of the oh, Wonder Years. A lot of love for the Savage. Incredible. And he plays this gay um, publisher who is publishing the book that's being written by Keegan Michael Key's character. And Keegan Michael Key's character, you, we, this is not a spoiler, we find this out in literally the very first scene, don't we? Mm -hmm. He has been having an affair for literally 20 years behind the back with this woman of who's married to another of, of their team, of their gang, if you like, that they all went to college. <laughs> so that's the premise. I think I've explained the premise. But you know <laughs> you've what? Done more than you've done that. You've done... You've, done <laughs> you've given it life. I love oh, it. Oh, I well, think you know, I'm just even to... more than it being outrageous that it's got friends in the title, yeah. right, is I actually think it's very 
strange casting of them to cast Kobe Smulders in it when she of so famous How I Met Your Mother mm. also a another grand, show yeah, yeah about uh, a little gaggle of mates, now yeah. I don't want to make this one of my things but I found that quite difficult because Kobe Smulders obviously was a huge part of How I Met Your Mother she was part of that gang yeah. and then this is not a spoiler. You're not going to go back and watch How I Met Your Mother. So she it ends up she ends up as being like the person who you're. Kay's covering her ears like she's going to go spoil, and watch. But you're about to say the spoiler of the entire like, nine seasons. Yeah, of no, no, like, you can't, no, no, it's too late now. No, she's not. I mean, that's why she lives up to a reputation of spoiler stuff. No, fair enough though. <gasps> no, people don't say that. People don't attach themselves to that. Oh, spoiler stuff here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So she I was think in it's, that, it's a yeah. bold move to cast mm, her. In it this is. It is because people are like, oh. Totally. It's just Robin. Yeah. She is now a big movie star as well, though, because she was in the um, Jack Reacher film with uh, the Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, with so. the Tom Cruise. She was all right in that. She's really good. I think she's yeah, great. I, I like, love Kobe Smulders. I, I, like her in, I yeah. like her as, you know, she plays the, she's in the Avengers films, isn't she? Because she's a member yes. of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. gang. Yes. I, I like her in that. I'll accept her as that. She's always good. So apart from that little weird thing that's annoyed you, which is a bit like the, the weird things that annoy you going yeah. back to... Um, Ricky Whittle. Ricky Whittle. She's a Ricky... We, we should... We should Coin a phrase, shouldn't we? The, the Ricky Whittle factor or something. It is. Yeah. The, little yeah. weird things that niggle at you, which are slightly illogical. Because yeah. basically, you didn't like Ricky Whittle because he played football topless with he his mates for, in LA. Yeah, he just. I she, thought, you'd seen him topless playing football. And that annoyed I you. Just, and that irritated yeah. the hell out of me. No, it's because I told you one of his friends was like, oh, do you want to take some photos of Ricky Whittle? And I was like, no. What? What? So it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even directly him. It wasn't him who wanted the photo. It was it's a, a, an associate. He was, yeah, him over. He, was, he was an idiot by proxy. Idiot by proxy, okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so if we let that get out, not let yeah. that get in the way, yeah. the Kobe Smulders factor. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think of this show, Friends from College? I really liked it because of my age, I think. Because I found it really relatable. Um, not that I'm having an affair with anyone or anything like uh, that. But are you they're, they're, they're 40, by the way. So we're outing Seth as now a 40-year-old. I'm not 40. I, I I'm just going to say you're a millennial. I'm, oh, do you know... Millennials Sweet. keep shifting. The millennial thing keeps shifting. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was a millennial because I was born in 1981. Kay's just narrowly made it as well. Going to like her as well. But we're not anymore. Anyway, I like... the definition of millennial? It's, it was some, it's somebody between the ages of 18 and 34, isn't it? Uh, is it? Oh, okay. So we're definitely now. not millennials. Well, we're not now, but a few years ago we were. Oh, yeah. I That's mean, what I'm saying. Anyway... Right. I liked it. I think there's a lot of sex in this at the beginning. So you see, yeah. you basically see all of Keenan Michael Key's buttocks, <laughs> front yeah. bits, yeah. everything. Did you see no, 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 no. no. Oh. Crass. No, um, but I will well, say, I, was I felt like there did. was something waving around a little bit in one in the in really? initial scene. Really? Oh, God, I have to have, yeah. have a closer look. No, I really... I, <laughs> I really like it. I love it, that. That's the new point. The, the, whole, the whole thing about this gang is that actually they're all at a time of their lives where they're kind of competing with each other. I mean, they make a nod to the fact that whenever we get together, there's always this competition. And that's, to me, really interesting because it's an, a strange time of your life, isn't it, where you're kind of not... You're not too... Old, you're like I think once you get past 40, you stop caring about what, the, what other people think. But just before that, you kind of care about where you are and have you hit all your life goals and stuff. So... Um, Again, not a spoiler, but one of the couples is trying to have a baby, you know, one of, the, one of them struggling with their career. So they've got kind of very relatable problems. Mm. And one of them is incredibly rich, but obviously very unhappy. She's got an amazing house in the oh, Hamptons. That house. Oh, oh, dream. But yeah, she's got... Yeah. But you know who else is in it? The guy, who, the guy who is the guy on the street. What's his name? Who does all those shouty Person things on, on the, the street. No. Shouty oh, God, pog. going to really annoy me. Oh, Billy yeah, Eichner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy yeah. on the streets. And yeah. I love him. 
and he's in it. And I does think, he play Fred Savage's boyfriend? Yeah. Yes, the doctor. He's yes, really yes, funny. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Who's he's a hum- he's, plays a humorless fertility expert. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, but he, but is inc- oh, the funniest yeah. thing in it. Yeah. So there's these YouTube things, right? Of him. Yeah. And he sh- goes to shout up. He goes and asks people questions on the street. Right. Shouts at them in yes. New York. It's very yes. funny. Which is a good point. It does open. It does set out its stall, doesn't it? With the opening scene. Yeah. This very so realistic. A warning sex to scene. any prudes slash prudences out there. Ooh. That yes, when you people who can't take a bit of body heat. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. Oh, I oh, you know I'm into no, I'm body saying. heat. Yeah, you're so pro body heat. I'm, yeah. I'm not prudent. No, no. But yeah, straight away there's mentions of pleasure grimace, trying to get some purchase. There's, yeah. In a sex scene. Keegan-Michael Hall has Sexy sex times. with his called mistress, played by Annie Paris. These two that are having this affair yeah. behind everyone else's back. And they have this, I thought, very funny kind of realistic sex scene where he doesn't have a condom to hand. She wants to go at him to go he off. He has to go on, a, on the run for it. And, and those, those things happen, yeah. And then the moment's gone. And the moment's gone. <laughs> the moment's yeah. gone. Yeah. The whole thing is, though, that they... Then the couple, Ethan, who's played by... Keegan-Michael Hall. Yes. Um, him and his wife decide to move back to um, New York, so he puts them in the epicentre of both the reunion and where all their friends live and where... I called him Keegan-Michael Hall. That was... Oh, yeah, no, don't Keegan worry. Michael I, I Key, didn't, it's Keegan-Michael Key. Who is there? Someone Michael Hall, isn't there? I'm thinking yeah, of who's thinking in... Yeah, you're Michael C. Hall <laughs> from... <laughs> Michael C. Hall, he of Dexter. Yes. This is like, not He's not in it. No, he's not in it at all. No, do you remember there was, I've mentioned this before. There was a sketch called "The Forgettables," where people forget all the names of everyone. <laughs> I am, I am. That this person. is like the thirteenth episode. I'm very of that. old. I am old. <laughs> you, are you You're a millennial. I'm not a millennial. I'm definitely the boundaries pre-millennial. Have changed, yeah. But um, can I just say, I yeah. really love Fred Savage in it as well, oh, and he's also great. because I, Wonder Years, so yeah. amazing to have him back. And I didn't realise. I looked it up that he's a director and producer. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. worked on like Modern Family. Mod no Family. clue about that. Ugly yeah. Betty. But also, love he's Bet. been in some films. Now tell me if you watch them. Single White Millionaire. Have you seen that? No. Or, and this is quite the favourite, Being Bin Laden. No. no. He is in that. He's in a comedy film, isn't he, where he's got a big um, thing on his face. He's got a big mole on his face, but I can't remember what comedy... Someone will, someone will correct me. Um, yeah, again, this is Send me us a mess. Sort of thing. <laughs> At um, Boyd Hilton, yeah. hashtag pops, I mean, tell us what it was. But we like to keep it real, don't we? Yeah. we like me forgetting stuff is part of the whole, I like to think, charm, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Of the, it, of the is, show. it is part of it's the something. Um, but it's interesting because I, I read, so I was looking at the other reviews of this show and they've been quite harsh. So, Why? Yeah. Uh, they did have you been see harsh. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what are their main gripes? People were saying that, you know. The characters are one dimensional. Unlikable, um, which I find such a crass criticism. Like, oh. of course they're unlikable. They're, the whole point of it is that they're selfish, self absorbed. Yeah, but also they're having an affair. People. That's yeah, like having, the but, definition but, of. Do you know that's what people are like, aren't they, in this You know, that really grinds my gears because people out there, lots of them are unlikable. So, why is it a problem to put unlikable people on Wait, you're slagging no, off the box. Interesting. No, no, no. Okay, no. unlikable, highly unlikable. <laughs> yeah. No, but there is likable people that. and there's not, there's unlikable people. What's that? Why is that a problem? But I just thought it was, you know... If What's your the, problem? I think it's weird that we get to the point where this is clearly a very well, sharply written, kind very of funny. great cast, mm, funny... Sick. Bold, mm. the way it talks about sex and relationships and stuff. All the way through, I was like, absolutely. Every, I thought every single scene was entertaining me, and I kind of believed it. And then I'm reading reviews. I think that we've really got to the point where there's so much out there. There's so much quality TV out there, particularly on like because this is a Netflix show. The people's expectations are so high. Now it's like if this show isn't good enough for those people. I think it's really good. But this is only commanding half an hour. I yeah. think it's just that people need to give it a go because it's honestly really funny. Really good, yeah. You were chortling at your desk watching chortling, it. Yeah, oh, it was, it was a really very good. funny um, car scene. Do you think the car scene was good? 
Yeah, with a hood. Anyway, um, it opens, it opens, it arrives, it drops on Netflix in full, 10 half-hour episodes. I think it's better than a couple of their other recent things. Oh, God, yeah. Girl Boss? Girl Boss, definitely better. And that's already been been axed, by the way. See? They got my memo. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. It's been axed. And I think it's kind of better than that Gypsy. The Gypsy was interesting, (gasps) but then I went on, have you watched any more of Gypsy? I mean, no, I've said made the shocked voice and I'm like, <laughs> well, oh, I didn't watch it. I got to about episode three and I, I, it was too slow. I'm out. Too slow. Oh, was it? Yeah. Ten episodes of that. Oh, this is what it's all about. Friends from college. Yeah. Everyone should get on that. Friends from college, Netflix, Friday, ten episodes. How many stars? Kay? Four. Stephanie? Four. Four and a half for me. Why did you call me Stephanie? Is this, was, was, okay, mix You're getting up. told off yeah. or something. Yeah. Are we? No. 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 <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. What day is it? <laughs> what's going on? Where am I? <laughs> Let's move on to the big one of the big films of the week. I think in many ways for us it's the big film of the week, it's, isn't it? Well, Steph? it is the yeah. big... Oh, well, unless you're counting L. L? Yeah. And that's on DVD, though. It's still it's a film. Yeah, okay, it is a film. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the big DVD release of the week. This is kind of great debates we're going to have on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> when films are on DVD, are they still a film? <laughs> there was, we got one very good response on Twitter this week. You said, we do which are on a bit. Or, or was the phrase Ramble. 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 It was a ramble. Maybe keep it under an hour, so let's do a time check. Oh, God. Right, okay. Quick. Anyway, <laughs> I'm talking about The Beguiled. The Beguiled. The Beguiled. Steph, I feel you. I went on and on about trying to explain. Are you, are you sure you, no, you, you, you're nodding as if you're capable of doing this? Let's explain what the hell The Beguiled right. is. And also, I listened to that great podcast, so I can do it. Okay. The Beguiled is a book, it's based on a book. It's about a group of women. It's set in the American Civil War, and it's about a group of women who are living in a house together. Um, it's kind of under the premise of having, they're living together. At, for safety and they're sort of having it kind of like a little bit of a school vibe going on and in the very first scene you see one of these young girls she's walking through a wood she's picking mushrooms and she comes across a Yankee soldier who's injured that Yankee soldier is Colin Farrell oh, um, out. and she yeah, I mean yeah if you're walking through a weird wood and you Usually pick up be Colin all Farrell like, you'll yeah. be alright <laughs> anyway that's not the case with this guy so she takes she takes me back to the house because she's a nice young girl and they the women Nicole Kidman is the main uh what would you Woman? call her? Woman of the house. Mm. She's yeah, the she's in of charge the of them, isn't she's she? She's looking after. She's like the governess. The governess. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So she's the governess, and she says, "Why have you brought? Why have you brought this soldier here?" But they fix the soldier up, and then they allow him to stay while he convalesces. Convalesces mm. while he recuperates, fix him all up. But obviously, at any time, they can pass him over to the. Uh, Good side of the Civil War soldiers. <laughs> for lo- for oh, like me. No, he's no. a Yankee. Oh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a Yankee. What the are they? What is the other side? Oh, God, the, the slave owning Southerners. Yeah, but what are they're they the called? Baddies. Yeah, but what? Is the Yankees the these the bad people? So, yeah. The Confederates. The Confederates, that's they're... it. Oh, God. Wow. Well, God, I think we're going to have to write these words. I think really... we have to write these words down. Yeah, we really do before we come in this room. Now, so then what proceeds to happen is he gets a bit better. Starts to help around the house. And You're not going to spoil it. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it at all because yeah. I've been. I've been told off online. I've read that. reviews that have spoiled it. By the way. Oh, I, well, yeah. I won't do that. And actually, I have to say, don't watch the trailer before you go and see it because that completely spoils no, it. Does it. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, and then, slowly but surely, all these women kind of fall in love with yeah, him. Yeah, they get and beguiled. That's what it's about. They become. <laughs> Be- they become bejeweled. <laughs> we should say that because you, Kay, you haven't had a chance to see this film yet. So this is no. this is uh, any questions you have, please throw them at me and Steph. I will but do. Steph and I went on a hot date to see it we with did. with John. Did John come with oh, me? Yeah, oh, no. John. Did John come with? No, he didn't. No, no I imagined. Oh. We invited him. He's laughing. We this invited is, him. This is how this forgettable is the I am. Senior moment edition. Yeah. Forgetful. Yeah. I mean, forgetful. Forgetful. What were you? Uh, but you and I did go. <laughs> 
to last date. And um, it's all, we should say it's a remake. This is a key thing. It so is a remake. Clint Eastwood's in the original. So have you seen the original? No. That's fair enough. I just want to because it's interesting because the original is a very, it's kind of a demented, gothic, almost horror kind of thriller thing, melodrama. Mm-hmm. It's quite over the top. And Clint Eastwood's character is, is ridiculously over the top. And he kind of is seducing these, these young girls in it. And it's really, it's kind of darker and more preposterous. Whereas this, I, th- I get the feeling that the reason why Sofia Coppola wanted to make it, I haven't asked her, is to make it a more slightly more realistic version of what would happen in this situation, in this story. And also, of course, to tell it from the point of view of the women. In yeah, it, rather because it's than a woman's weird, story. Yeah, the weird man, in, the definitely weird man in the original. Slightly less weird in this one. In this one, he's kind of normal, isn't he? Until well, the and, thing that happens, yeah, happens that we can't talk about. It's the thing that happens halfway through that we're not going to spoil. We'll give you a bit of background, though, because I listened to a great podcast where she talks another about it. Another great podcast. I mean, this is the great podcast, but yeah, just another podcast. And she talks about, basically, a production assistant said to her, oh, have you read this book? Because I think that you would really, really like to write a screenplay for this. And what she did, which I believe they didn't do in the original film, is that she got Colin Farrell because in the book, it's an Irish immigrant. Right. And she wanted Colin Farrell. Does, is, Clint Eastwood play play it no, Irish? No, 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 no. No, he doesn't. Okay, so she wanted. I yeah. think she wanted to make it more authentic and to the book. Right. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. That's what she said. And also, interestingly, she also said in the podcast that she's never done a shoot that's over thirty days, and so she must have done this in thirty days, which is insane. Is it? Uh, is it not? I mean, it's only uh, sort of two rooms, really. Yeah, it's only two rooms. I can. Gone through all yeah, the emotions there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> is it insane? No, it's not insane. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. It really knuckled down. That was a roller coaster. I enjoyed every second of it. Kay, are Kay you understanding being... what this film is about by us talking I'm about it? I'm getting the gist. Kay Clint Eastwood's being very in it, right? disdainful. <laughs> Kay's being very disdainful of our review really of this film. Well, no, I'm loving it. But can I, so do you think, so you're saying that you know, Colin Farrell is better She's than back on track? Um, he's not, he's very different. I think right. he's, I think everyone's really good in it. I think, Kid, so Kidman as the governess in charge is is excellent. Elle, Elle Fanning, yeah. I was going to say to Coach Fanning, Elle Fanning oh, is God. the most. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting. It's not that funny. Elle, there are loads of Fannings. I mean, let's face it. It seems to get confused. At the end, Elle, we're gonna we're gonna count up all the all the senior moments that we've all had. In Elle Fanning podcast. plays the young lady that he's most kind of attracted to, and she and she's equally gives him gives him the eye, doesn't she? To be fair, <laughs> great. Kirk, Kirsten Dunst is. Yeah. Brilliant in it. She's in all of um, Sophia Coppola's films, yeah. as far as I can make out. I haven't counted them all. So it's got this great cast, and but I thought the atmosphere of it, it does. It has this great atmosphere of like of kind of Pl- of misty mystery, plantation. Yeah. Visually, it's all the the, yeah. the vegetation and the trees, and it's very green and verdant. She, I've used that word. She, wow, you went there. She said that she wanted every scene to look like a painting, yeah, and, I it, think it, and does. it does. And yeah. she won best director at Cannes for it. Now you said to me when we came out of the oh, film that good. yes, you said you thought it was funny, you were lo- and you didn't think it was intended to be funny, but I think it is intended to be quite funny. Okay, so I'm going to set the scene here. So we were at a, a swanky London hotel watching this, and there are parts of it where people were actually laughing out loud, and I was thinking to myself, "Poor Sophia, this is a serious film that she wanted to make, and she wanted to make it I beautiful, disagree. and some of it." Is just and it's funny. It's meant to be funny because you've got these these women who are all het up and all getting all overexcited at the arrival of this hot bloke. He's excited because he's suddenly plunged into the middle of all these women, and it's a funny situation. Yeah, but so there's lots of glances. Like Hill. Yeah, but well, I mean, they don't run around. And, <laughs> I mean, they, they almost do. do. Yeah, it gets quite funny. I think that's all absolutely intentional. Boyd, let me ask you a question. Did you think that this film was sexist in any way? 
sexist? No. No, but is it because, no. you, because of the time that it was originally set in that you didn't think it was sexist? No, I'll tell you why I didn't think it was sexist. It's a very good point, because I think I don't think it's sexist. But A, because it is written and directed by a woman, Sophia Coppola. That Coppola. does not No, no, no. Okay. But I think it's key, because actually, if this had been written and directed by a man, I probably would have faced those accusations as the original was. Don Siegel directed the original, who was not only a man, but quite a macho figure as well in terms of the stuff he directed. And it starred Clint Eastwood. It doesn't get more macho than that. So the original <laughs> is a bit... Is a bit sexist yeah but i think this is all about well this is a definitely being directed from a woman's point of view and i did i did get that sense of it and i thought it didn't soft soap things so it didn't kind of it didn't pretend that these women weren't attracted to him but i thought that was totally real i thought that was oh yeah they would be attracted and how they're responding to him is how women would respond do you know what i mean so i kind of bought into i thought it was brave that she is telling this story that if it hadn't have been her doing it probably would have been regarded as as a bit of a sexist story does that make sense? It does make sense, but I just think it's still the story that it is, regardless yeah. of who directed it. I did, I did, I did have difficulty with okay. the, the just general story that one man can come into a house of six women and they all lose their minds because he's just so like yeah. he's the only the uh, the the only man they've seen for ages. Although and having they get really said excited. that, if you ever look at the Big Brother slash Love Islander houses. Yeah. Put yeah. some man, is a really put good one point. man in there. They're all like the going big guys crazy. like the Love Island of its day. Love Island Civil, Civil War. You're welcome. Thanks, Kay. Um, so, how many stars are we giving it? Uh, yeah, that's the move on signal. It's yeah. not the move on. I want to know. Yeah, I'm fair interested. Enough. I'm giving it a solid four. Yeah, I'm going to give it. I'd give it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. But it, I think because I actually think it's quite funny. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know whether she it wants it to funny. be funny. I think she does. I turned to you and said, "Oh, she'd was... be unhappy," and you no, said, "No." So, so four, four stars from both. She wants it to be Kay's really movie. Sort Kay, of. how many stars are you going to give our review of it, Kay? <laughs> hey, listen, if there's more than five stars, I would. Riley, amusing. <laughs> yes. Four stars, Boyd Hilton. Uh, let's move on to Nadia's British food adventure. Oh, by the way, the Big Art is out on Friday in cinemas everywhere. People, <laughs> the Pops. Nadia's. Nadia's British Food Adventure is a new six, I think actually it's more than six, maybe it's eight part series on BBC Two starting next Monday, July the 17th at 8.30pm. Kay, what the hell is it all about? (laughs) So, uh, GBBO, that's the Great British Bake Off winner, Nadia Hussain from 2015 she won, I thought it was last year, but even longer ago. No, Candice won last year. (sighs) Of course. Let's not forget Candice. who can? And her pout. So Nadia's going up and down the country searching to find what makes British food so great, right? <laughs> so she wants to know, like, what goes into the food that she gives her kids. Why are you laughing? It's true. It's she- witty. When people start laughing in the middle of your, your, your review, it's quite off-putting, isn't it? Yeah. Just oh, I I'm- wasn't laughing at all during your reviews. You were um- in hysterics. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's going to look at, talk to... Uh, Food producers, um, like the people, what do she call them? She calls them food pioneers. Um, and then she creates her own new recipes. Um, so the first episode, she goes to the home counties um, and specifically Oxford, where she goes to an asparagus farm, which I didn't know was a thing. There's so much involved in asparagus. I was just fascinated. Oh, how, this is, she's, it's very informative, right? So we learn that you, in supermarkets, the asparagus has to get measured. It has to be a certain length. It cannot be bent. It's going to be perfectly straight. No one wants a bent asparagus. No one does. I mean, I would reject it out of hand. Do you know how long it takes before an asparagus can be picked? Yes, because I've watched this programme. Three years? Well, no, okay then. Okay, the big shot. Why don't you tell me? A few years. Three Three years. Three years. Which is also a few, so yes, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) And an asparagus can grow up to five inches in a day. 
Mm. Five inches in a day. So why does it need three years before it can be picked? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. Yeah. And there were the these especially just on asparagus buggies. Oh, those buggies were great. <laughs> right, the buggy boat moment I didn't enjoy. Did you? No? I felt a bit contrived. I just felt a bit forced. No. Well, because... Forced? No, yeah. Forced onto a buggy. Is this a Steph-style unreasonable moment? Thing no, like it. Yeah. it was interesting to see it. Well, the but bug then, is the... Okay, uh... it's got a whiff of Steph about it. <laughs> yeah. I say. Yeah. It hasn't. No, it was very interesting to see them, how they, like, obviously harvest the crop. Mm. But then it was kind of that, oh, shall we have a buggy race? I don't know. Do you know what else, though? Okay, putting buggy races aside, do you know what else you learn in this? Did you not think it was great, the Blue Peter aspect of how you learn to make a smoke? I was like, Kate, this is going to be right up Kate's street. She'll be in a How you smoke fish in a cardboard box. Smoking fish in a cardboard box? Just need a cardboard box. You can smoke your own fish. And she's making (laughs) smoke. You're really (laughs) high-pitched. You're so excited about the smoking. And then you can do that in Milton Keynes. Yeah, Churan. And she's making a smoked haddock Welsh rabbit. That's what she's making. Can I just say, I'm not really that keen on smoked things. <gasps> Why not? Really? Just, yeah, it's not for me. Smoked yeah. salmon? No, I like normal salmon. Smoked salmon. I, mean, no. I don't mind the smoked salmon, but it's not like I don't go out there and think oh, I, I must love have smoked products. I'll be getting that cardboard box. Well, you're going to start smoking. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to set fire to a box, see what happens. It's yeah. amazing. But I thought she also, when she made the, uh, she made this, this, what was it, a smoked haddock rare bit. Yes, but that did What I nice. love about her. Apart from the fact that she's from my hometown, Luton. No. Oh, um, yeah. Dropped it in, girl. Luton girl. She said, for ages, she thought it was rabbit, and so did I. Yeah, Welsh yeah, we rabbit. All did. We all did. Did we? Really? No. Oh, so. when I said that in okay. the office the other day, everyone Look, was like, "Brain box over here." When she was five years old, she knew it was rabbit. <laughs> really? Really? She's really dumbing it down, I'm hanging out with check. us. Listen, I, I did know about that, but what? Yeah, prove yeah. it. How can you prove that? I don't know. You, you call can't. up Mrs. Rib now. I'm going to so. call up the, the yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fam. But do you know what? So I think she's. I really like this because I think she's very personable down to earth you know like when she's making scones she's like oh yeah make it with a chubby part of your hand you know she just keeps it real yeah. um, but the thing I didn't like and I don't know Ooh. if it's because mm-hmm. I thought it was the asparagus racing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm well, not sure it's because we were watching a kind of unfinished copy um, where they hadn't quite done sound and you know full what do they call it the talk over narration the voiceover the voiceover yeah, yeah. We watched, just to explain yeah, we, so we get so we get to watch these things on uh, pre- previews and the version we watch isn't the final version so the voiceover is done by random people and not Nadia herself which is totally fine I'm not holding that against it but when she was making the recipes and yeah. all of which I wanted to make because mm. she, she makes um, Eaton Mess Cheesecake oh now that I was going to talk about delicious. that she makes scones she makes this, the Eaton Mess Cheesecake looked fantastic the Welsh Rabbit not Rabbit yeah. um, Five Spice Stir Fry exactly when she made all those things it was great but I wanted to make them so I was really listening to her and she didn't seem to give any measurements so she'd be like oh right yep yeah. so you put the flour in with the butter that's all great but if, if I was how doing much? it at home I'd be like how, how much is that do you know what I think that is a graphic to come I think it, that's a waiting uh, graphics that's what I reckon good Mm. A GTC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only that, you're right, there will be graphics to come, as there will be voiceover done by Nigel yeah. to explain. And also, I imagine that if you go to the website of the BBC, they will have Ooh. the rest no, of No, but I don't want to have to do that. I want it to be on the voiceover. Nice to play along. Lazy. I want to be no, the no, voiceover or the graphic. I want everything yeah. to be immediate. I don't want to have to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and research this myself on a website. But hey, Boyd, I really don't believe that you would ever make that cheesecake. But tell us how oh, much you liked it. The cheesecake looked very difficult, but it, <laughs> it, it, it did look absolutely delicious. delicious. I mean, I like an eating mess anyway. <laughs> and um, it's <laughs> it's like a meringue cream fruity thing, isn't yeah. it? And this was had all those elements in the cheesecake uh, genre. And do you know what? Even better, this is the thing that's going to keep me watching. Next week, she's doing pickles, which oh, I absolutely cut me and I bleed vinegar. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's right. true. It's God. true. Oh, she's a horrible either. idea she of cutting really you is. and you bleed vinegar. <laughs> 
Well, uh, red vinegar. Yeah. Oh. Um, can I just say, I thought the, uh, my issue, I thought the bit where she threw lots of vegetables in a wok, essentially, outside and just kind of cooked them. Oh, that was a bit kind yeah. of basic. But, but, bit Harry, basic. but the graphics might enhance that. M- maybe. But it reminded me of when, um, what's her name, um, did that episode last game series. Again? Yeah. Forgettables. <laughs> Nigella. Um, welcome to another episode of I get there eventually. Nigella, her last series. Do you remember the last series? Oh, avocado, avocado, avocado on toast. Avocado on toast. No. Yes, you peel the avocado, smash it yeah. up, and put it on some toast. But this is literally like she, she she got lots of vegetables, threw her in a walk, to and be I did fair, some. No, 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 she no, 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 she, she did five her, spices. Yeah, and she talked about how and she had that. <laughs> Don't some, be out of order, boy. Some nice Don't production assistant had put them in a ni- in a nice pattern, and then she went through individually each spice. And I think there were more than five, but okay, okay. Yeah. Question: Do you think that's her real house and kitchen? Because I live in Luton, and no, I don't think the house no, is like that's that. No, that's a show. There aren't any houses in Luton like that. I don't. I mean, I've lived there all my life, and I'm pretty sure that's a bold statement. Well, what, what, it's not a statement. What about it's a fact. it? What about it? Couldn't it have been a house I in Luton. I don't know. It was very glossy. <laughs> Oh, my God. I, my guess is it's not a real house, but yeah. I think, I'm sure there's somewhere nice in Luton. Oh, your house is up in, you seem nice yeah, in Luton. Yeah, no, no, that's just in a village outside. Let's go on tour. But they filmed in it in your house. It's in saying? my house. Nadia in my house, yes. It's series two, you should offer up oh, your house. Oh, should. To film. Get Nadia in. Yeah. Get some free cheesecake. Oh, my God. Anyway, oh, yeah. Delicious. I thought, I mean, let's. she's she's very likeable, isn't she? And she's a natural, that's the thing. Bottom she line, the, the natural. important thing for me, she, you know, she's only ended up by accident. Being a TV presenter, well, she won Bake Off. Nothing happens by accident. I mean, she did win the it's Bake a, Off. It's a clear yeah, path. But there's a difference between entering a TV baking competition and becoming a TV presenter, right. cookery presenter, doing a show where she's not only cooking stuff, she's also interviewing people, presenting That's true. it. Sorry, yeah, we've been I think a lot, I wouldn't, a lot yeah. of previous presenters. Yeah, who won, the first, who won the first series of Bake Off? Who knows? Well, I, don't want, I wouldn't want to watch half of them do anything. Ooh. Yeah, that is true. But she's very, she's very She's made a great success bake. since yeah. Bake Off. I mean, she's written novels, cookbooks, totally. she's baked a cake for the she's Queen. She's not even brand. But I, thought, I, I like I think she's done a really good job. So I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Actually, I'll give it three and a half. You're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I got carried away. Because, oh I mean, it's a, you know... It's you're a high good... on that eating mess. Steady, yeah, I am. You're I'm a big eating mess <laughs> right now. Charming. <laughs> Steph. I'm going to give it four because okay. I really, really like her and she's she's from Luton. <laughs> the whole Luton thing is... Uh, you're letting that get in the way. I, so th- yep. Yep. That is Nadia's British Food Adventure starting next Monday on BBC Two, 17th of July at 8.30 of the PM. Finally, and the contrast could not be greater <laughs> um, between a lovely, lovely, frothy cookery show and L. <laughs> the, the Which rhymes with hell. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Look, oh, no, it's fine. Save your rate until the end, Steady young lady. On. Yeah, so L is the film directed by Paul Verhoeven, who, let me remind you, among the films he's directed, Basic Instinct, Total Recall, and Showgirls. Showgirls, the film that people gather to watch because it's so effing terrible, and it has the famous scene with Carl McLaughlin telling um, the, the woman that she pronounces it, she pronounces it Versace, Versace. It's Versace. Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley. Mm. He doesn't correct her. She thinks it's is Versace. Is it? Versace? Is it? Versace? I might talk on it. She thinks Versace. it's Versace. It's not Versace. But it's in like real life. that's really difficult though, because is it Moschino or Moschino? Yeah, that's well, that's one of the key moments of the film. Leicester. Anyway, <laughs> now this his latest film, and some would say greatest film, is couldn't. It's like those are exploitation. Most of them are kind of incredibly entertaining, very mainstream, you know, slightly exploitative thrillers or whatever. This is a an art house film filmed and in France starring Isabelle Huppert, the legendary French actress. And now who wants to try and attempt 
to explain. So this oh. came out last year. She was nominated for Best Actress. It caused a big stir because it's subject matter. Who is bold and brave enough? Because I feel I can't. I don't want to mansplain this I'm, film. I'm going to be as brave as Isabel Huppert for taking on this role. What the F is L all about? Okay, L. Isabel Huppert plays a very successful owner of a games company. Now, warn you, the film starts with her being raped. So she's being raped. Well, actually, the film starts with a cat. The film starts with a cat witnessing her being raped, which mm. is horrendous. And then you, the guy leaves. She's been beaten up. Masked. So he's a masked man. It's absolutely horrendous. And then she just gets up, cleans herself up, and she goes into work. She works in an incredibly, obviously, male-dominated industry, but she's very successful. The background to Isabel Huppert's character is that her father is a mass murderer. And she, she has a very difficult relationship with her mother, who is living in an apartment that she owns. and With a gigolo. Yeah, with a gigolo, and who desperately wants her to have a relationship with her father, but obviously she doesn't want to because she's a, he's a mass murderer. And that backstory of her past is why she doesn't report it to the police. Yes. So, she doesn't trust the police. No. Right, so... As, as you quite rightly say. So you'd think a normal person, normally a person would report this. She doesn't report, report this because of all of the controversy about her past. And then she reveals to her friends that she's been raped. And the duration of the film is her trying to find out who it is who raped her. And it, the first rape scene is not the only rape scene in mm-hmm. this, which is why it's so unbearably... Controversial. controversial. Unbearably <laughs> yeah. controversial. Yeah. Um, Was it unbearable to watch or unbearably controversial? I I watched this. I started watching this at 11pm last night and I was really, really concerned because it is a film you read, also known as a subtitle film. <laughs> yes, it's in French with subtitles in yeah. English. It is a film you read and I was a little bit worried that I wasn't going to read and I'd also paid thirteen ninety nine on the Sky Store for it. Oh yeah, it's available on Sky Store DVD and Blu-ray now. Yeah, <laughs> and I got the one to keep. So I was like, why well, you would get you a free want DVD to keep in the post. this? Will I? Yeah, that's how it works, yeah. I was, I was worried that I wasn't going to be, I was yeah. like, oh God, I've got to read it. And it's mm. I was so gripped. It was just, Isabel Huppert is so amazing and her performance is, she completely embodies this character so wholeheartedly you just can't take your eyes off her and it also stars hold on it also stars her she's got a business partner called Anna and I loved her because she was in The Returned and Consistory or something I think that's how you say it and she was in that French Returned who's amazing but everybody in it but we obviously don't want to give away a spoiler. No. You, do, you do find out who the rapist is. Yeah, so she, so Kay Shear, so part of the, the way it works, the film works, is that you, you set it up brilliantly, but she, so instead of reporting it to police, she goes about trying to yeah. find out who the rapist is, who this masked man is, and she, and there's, that's, we're trying to avoid spoilers, but what happens with that isn't what you'd expect to say the least, is it? So what did you think about, you know, I, I'm interested to know, A, whether you just enjoyed or in somehow this difficult subject matter, you know, you liked the film on that level and also what the hell he was trying to say. Yeah, first of all, last week, week before, you guys advised me not to watch Body Heat and I did anyway because, you know, I'm a rebel. You are. Um, But, and you did kind of say, oh, you know, this is about rape. So you did give me some warning, but I kind of wish, I don't know. How much more of a warning do you need? 
There it are no good rapes. And, no. And you know what? It might have made actually maybe not watch it. I think it's important. I do because actually for the first hour. Was it traumatic? You think it was traumatic? Yeah. Okay. For the first, well, for the first hour, I mean, I feel enjoyed is the wrong word because you feel mm. weird saying that in terms mm. of watching a film about rape. Mm. But I did, you know, and it's very interesting because it not only examines how she deals with it, but also explores her relationships with the mother, her best friend, you know, her son. Yeah. It is really, really interesting. Doofus son. Do complete doofus son, mm. and also skirts around the issue with her dad. After the halfway point, you know, there's some really dark twists and turns and really brutal scenes because there's reimaginings of the, the rape scene, yeah. you know, from different perspectives. Right. Yeah. And there's further dark scenes, you know, that, that stuff yeah. that happens. And it was, you know, I did find it a little bit traumatic because I, th I thought the first rape scene was, you know, all I had to kind of get through endure as a viewer um and then and then these other things kept on happening and it was a bit of a sorry she's a word it was a bit of a head fuck and i just you know what i think as well i think the subtitles really intensify the whole experience because oh, yeah. when you're watching usually i might mill around or you know for example i was eating my dinner when i first started but i had to stop because you know you, you just lose whole scenes if you're mm. doing that so it means that it is gripping, but also it's just like everything's heightened, the tension, yeah. the scenes, because you're just like so immersed in it. But I, you know, I, thought it was, I thought it was great in terms of like her acting is phenomenal and she is fantastic and deserves all the awards she got. But my, my th questions about it is I feel like the attacker's motivation, because is, he is eventually revealed, yeah. it's not fully explored or not explored enough for me. So I feel like we, we kind of like get to know her character very, a lot, you know, through stuff that's happened to her in her past and her mm. current relationships and her different sexual liaisons and stuff like this. But I felt like it's just kind of like swept on, you know, it's kind of just briefly touched upon and then we don't really get to grips with that. And for me, I wanted some resolution to that. And I felt like actually the attacker represented because what she doesn't understand is why her father did what he did, why he murdered 27 people. Yeah. And I actually thought the resolution to why the attacker did it, I mean, again, this isn't a spoiler, says it was necessary, was kind of the reason reasoning that she had been given mm. by her father. I just had to. Well, yeah. like bad, thing, bad things happen, people do bad things. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought... Some people think, just are... Yeah, yeah, rapists, and, yeah, murderers, and the, psychopaths. Because it was inexplicable yeah. why, I think, I thought that was quite good because actually if you could explain it, I think that would have, to yeah. me, added to the yeah, horror. Yeah, I agree. I think also it's partly the, 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 the point of the whole film in a way as well as the, the second part of my question, mm. what, which is that um, it's, it's, trying, it's, it's the whole thing is about her, isn't it? It's yeah, about God, her. it's totally about her and how she So she's it. got all the power without wanting to give too much away, even despite these horrible things that happening to it. Like, she takes control. Kind of, she takes control, mm. exactly, every step of the way, really. Yeah. You know, and that's the incredible thing about it for me is that it, you don't need to know more about his motivations because it's all about what she, yeah, yeah, yeah. what she wants to do, literally what she wants, every step of the way. So if she wants to unmask him herself, she will. If she wants, you know, to go down various dark, disturbing paths mm. that, really normally in this kind of thing taboo in this kind of story she will go down them which I thought was incredibly bold That's I, think, the bold I admire stuff. It, the yeah. boldness of it the boldness of it is extraordinary because it's just again you know this is all about you know it, I think this is written and directed by men I think it's from an original novel by men but of course because you've got her this, this legend in the middle of it who takes control actually Isabel Huppel I think takes control of the whole film in a, mm. in a way oh as god well. yeah she totally it makes it, it. It's, for me in the end it's like a feminist masterpiece 
You know, mm. it's like, it's all about... Which is weird, isn't it, considering yeah, the nature of it? Exactly. It's like, considering it's from fucking Paul Verhoeven, exactly. basically instinct fame. Yeah, but yeah. the fact is, it's a film about her getting raped and she comes out of it, yeah. right. really, like, exactly as you say, is this yeah. huge feminist. You think, how has that person managed to do that? It's quite and a And in the end, that? let's say it, we have to say it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to trying to not to give anything away but in the end it's kind of actually changed her life for the better yeah that, I, mean, I don't i feel i don't want to you know not against the specifics but that's in the end is kind of what happens and, yeah. I, and and i think it's all about well don't think about these things as you know as, as sometimes you know obviously people horrendous things happen and she's a victim on one level but actually she doesn't she, let her con- she, exactly. ruin her life right. or define more her. than that she yeah. kind of takes it on yeah, she, yeah. i yeah. think it's incredible stuff. owns it's a bad owns expression her. but it is because, yeah. but it she starts out and you meet this woman and she is this very powerful businesswoman. And actually what happens to her in some incredibly strange way, it reaffirms to herself that she is this incredibly strong yes. woman. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's so amazing about yeah. it. You can't, almost yeah. can't believe that through something so horrendous, she's able to reaffirm, yeah, I am and I can, I can take control. And it, it's sort of right what you say. She does kind of own this terrible assault mm. yeah so in the end are you glad I forced you to watch this film oh yeah to- oh no I am glad yeah. of it it's just that it is it's, it's not an easy viewing no. which is important no. to say and obviously but it wouldn't same- be because it's about right. rape but it's because it, it so deeply explores it and the different kind of reactions you can have to it and the different treatments and handling of it it is it stays with you yeah and in the end I'm going to say because I've watched it twice Mm-hmm. You know, I watched it in the cinema when you it came out, it. and I watched it again on DVD. Oh, you can have my DVD when I get it through the. Pack. When <laughs> will I get it? it? How many days after will I get it? You probably get it in a few days. Yeah, oh, I think great. three or four days. Yeah, you I've already got another DVD. Thank oh, you very right. much. Um, Keep my DVDs to myself. I think it, I'm going to use the word. I think it is entertaining. I have to say that. Well, I think it obviously is traumatic and it is grim and it. But it, yeah, the story, it is. yeah, it is entertaining. It's scene you watch for it. scene. It rolls along. You know, it's incredibly riveting, isn't it? And yeah. I just thought, I think it's. I, I said I was going to say again. I think it's absolutely brilliant masterpiece. I know. Film. I I know that I'm Kay does not um, is not like me, and she doesn't. I watch so many horrific real life murder programs. You love a horrific real I life do, murder. I do, and so yeah. I really did find this entertaining. And I, I thought it was in really actually, as if you can say, I actually thought it was a very enjoyable watch. Yeah. Um, but I think you I'm probably it. a bit more desensitised <laughs> to that kind of stuff because I see all those real life things, whereas I know that is not Kay's mm, shtick sure. at all. Can I just point out before I ask you how many stars you give you, in your notes, I like the fact that you've written Isabel, you called Isabel Hobbit. Oh, with yeah, two that's Bs, meant to be that's P. brilliant. That was yeah. Because, it's because you didn't I was saying it, Isabel Huppert, yeah. but in my mind, that's a B Huppert. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's why yeah. I wrote it is, like Isabel that. Isabel Hubbard. Phonetically. How many stars, Kay, are you going to give this extraordinary roller coaster of a film? Well, I was going to give it three and a half, but having <gasps> chatted through it, I'm actually oh. going to give it four. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, it's a five for me. It's one of my favourite films of, of, of certainly recent years. I think it, I think I'm going to take your quote, Feminist Masterpiece. I've, I thoroughly enjoyed Thanks. it. Five stars. Well, I'm glad I mansplained that film. Uh, why, to, is it mansplaining? Mansplaining? why is it mansplaining? I just feel, you know, you just feel, well, you know, you have to. That is ridiculous. You're allowed to I'm allowed, talk about yeah. it. Thanks. Yeah. We've yeah. given you permission you as women. We've given you permission as women. Thank you very much. Um, now, in sharp contrast, again, uh, let's go to question time. Question time. I mean, that felt inappropriate, we but I did it. nailed it. 
that time. You did nail it. Again, we'll just do a shout out for if anyone wants to make us a jingle because we can't afford the money, please send it in. If you want to suggest any questions for future podcasts, by the way, at me, at Boyd Hilton on uh, the Twitter. Hashtag Pogs. Yeah, hashtag Pogs or Carrie Barrow or Steph Steen, all of us. And, um, and to prove that we listen, okay, we're on about 56 minutes because I can't remember who it was on Twitter that said we didn't want us to ramble. We're going to do this in under an hour because yeah. we've got a bet with Kay and in 10 she's episodes, gonna, yeah. she's going to owe us £100. Don't worry, I'm confident that between now and no, no, finishing the question, quick, you won't be able quick, to finish question. under an hour. The question is, who's your favourite, in relation to Nadia's British Food Adventure, who's your favourite TV chef or cook host kind of person? <laughs> You've got okay. to be coherent. No, 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 don't try and get us off track. Who is your favourite TV cook slash cookery host slash chef? Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. No, 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 I'm going to no, go, so I'll go really, really quickly. <laughs> right, okay. Have you ever heard of Pioneer Woman? No. no. Oh, right. Well, I'm going to tell you about her. Her name is Reed Drummond. Now, when I was in New York, I used to watch her all the time. So she lives on this um, working ranch in Oklahoma. And she her whole cookery show is making food from the ranch from her family. And it's like real kind of like Southern American food. But she is incredibly watchable and an amazing woman. What channel is she on? It's on the Food Network. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Mine's Ramsey. Gordon Ramsay, only because um, I'm basing on having interviewed him a lot and I think he's very entertaining both yeah, on a show like <laughs> and in real life. He gives you good chat, good anecdotes, he's a bit of a laugh um, and he's banned me from his restaurants, which I presumed was a joke. Boyd? I grew up watching the Galloping Gourmet, Graham Kerr, who's brilliant, but I'm going to go for Nigella. I do think she's fantastic. Really? Avocado on toast Nigella? Once you get over the Did avocado... Did you not know the recipe before you saw it on TV? I, I've forgiven, I even forgive her the incredible banality of avocado on toast because... <laughs> Because she is brilliant. Yeah, I love her. So there we go. Um, that is the Unmissables for this week. Please do give us feedback, rate us and review us on the iTunes. And we'll be back next week with more delights. Hey, Boyd. Yeah. We're one step closer to £100 under an hour. Bye. Bye. Back of the net.